Winter is coming, and so too are significant changes for Intern Miami. At least that's what the plan is right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Miami Total Football Radio, a.k.a. Miami Total Football Radio. I am one-third of your hosting team, or co-hosting team. My name is Franco Penizo. Joining me today on the number one podcast on all things Inter-Miami, providing you all the latest news, analysis, opinions, updates, insight, and much more, are none other than Jose Armando and Steve El Primo Brenner. Steve, let's start with you. How are you doing today on this fine Wednesday evening? I'm very well, thank you, mate. Uh, looking forward to the uh, the holiday week. I'm going to be in California, which is uh, going to be a nice change of scenery, even though it could be freezing cold. But uh, there you go. I'm used to the Floridian weather. But um, yeah, kind of a, a bit of an. I think we're going to have a bit of a lull now in terms of club activity. We're going to touch on it. We spoke to Chris Henderson yesterday, and um, now we just have to let him and Phil get on with their uh, jobs of basically restructuring a roster uh, with little to play play with in terms of the you know the sanctions and stuff like that. So um yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting press conference, but maybe not as interesting as we thought it would be. Jose, how are you doing today on this Wednesday? We will touch on of course that press conference. That's what this podcast will be about touching on yesterday's end of season availability with sporting director and chief soccer officer Chris Henderson. But Jose, PS5, Jose, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm happy to talk to you guys again. I missed the last uh, podcast of the, well, the regular season, the last one. Yeah. But um, but I'm here. I'm here, and I'm happy to be here, and happy that we had an opportunity to talk to Chris, which we didn't. I don't think that happened last year, so that's good. Although you know, well, we'll have our opinions on that. It wasn't what we expected, but listen. We, at least we had the opportunity this time around. Uh, it was progress in that regard. I, I, you know, I think we, speaking to some players or, uh, you know, even Jorge Mas as well, you know, that would have been a, a that would have been also a plus for us just to get a bit more context and a bit more answers to to what the vision, the longer term vision is. Chris Henderson obviously did speak to us for half an hour and, and gave us some insight, but he did keep things a bit close to the vest. In, in terms of specific details. But again, we'll touch on all of that during this week's pod. I also want to hear Jose's thoughts and his opinions on the Rodolfo Pizarro and Salo Higuain. I don't know if you want to call it a feud or, you know, the exchanges that were had on social media. Because obviously, you, like you said, you weren't on last week's pod, so we didn't get a chance to talk to you about it. Very interested to hear your thoughts. We'll get to that later on in the show as well. I so, also need to make, I can make a bizarre a revelation that I'm currently playing Football Manager 2022. And I am scouting Rodolfo Pizarro at the moment as manager of Ajax. Looking potentially <laughs> buying him, so just hang on that. <laughs> that's shocking. Why? Why would you, Steve El Primo Brenner, after ripping him all season, go for Rodolfo Pizarro, football manager? Maybe I can mold him into the player I believe he can be. But okay, <laughs> there's a player in there somewhere, right? That's, that's your that's your famous Absolutely. that's your famous line. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's just jump right into it, guys, because there's a few topics to talk about during this press conference. So let's get to it. Okay, guys, well, before we jump into the press conference, before we jump into the comments that Chris Henderson made with regards to the plans for the offseason, let's just quickly touch on Monday morning's news, and that was the roster decisions, the initial roster decisions that were made by Inter-Miami. Ten players had their contract options declined for 2022, and they were Sammy Gadiri, 
Calvin Leardam, Victor Uyoa, John McCarthy, Jay Chapman, Ventura Alvarado, George Acosta, Josh Penn, Dylan Castaneda, and Patrick Segrist. So, not any huge surprises, but I do think there were minor surprises in that Sammy Gadiri and George Acosta, two players that played for Fort Lauderdale CF, that had local ties, one's from Boca Raton, the other one's from, uh, I, I think, Miami, but I believe he lives in Pembroke Pines now, something along those lines. So they both had local ties, so that was a bit surprising to see them cut the cord there. Obviously, in the press release, it said that the team is still in conversations with some players about potentially returning, but I don't expect that that the two of them will be back. What were your thoughts just overall on the roster decisions? Jose, I will start with you. Well, you know, in terms of, of players that um, were not offered a new contract, I think, you know, there's only maybe two of them that I would think that negotiations would keep on going in terms of trying to get them back. And, um, you know, of course, Victor Yoa, he was, uh, um, you know, he was important for the team early on, but plenty of uh, injuries towards the end. Um, Jay Chapman as well, he was part of the team. Um, you know, he was uh, basically the backup for plays early on, but then, you know, at times he was the starter. Um, so those two players, you know, I maybe they uh, they deserve another shot. Um, in terms of the players that, you know, I think the tricky list here is, is the players that, that are staying and that uh, are under contract. And that's maybe where we can guide a little bit the, the fans uh, listening because, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they will stay with the team. Sure. If, if you look at the list, you find names like Nico Figal, um, Juli Carranza, uh, Gonzalez Pires, those are names that, you know, m- might uh, might leave the team even though they do have a contract. You know, th- those are the, the key players for for, for Inter-Miami in the, in the rebuilding that's going to start in, in just a few weeks or days, maybe. Who knows? So, you know, it's it's an interesting list. And, um, you know, with everything going on with Inter-Miami in the offseason, I think it's important for people to understand exactly what is happening right now. And as we move on in, in, in the pod, and I, I hope people will be able to follow along because everything is tied here. This list will, will, will be tied to what, what Chris Anderson said and what the plans are. This is, this is a pod that is going to be very important and that people can come back and listen um, to, to just have an idea of what the team is doing when, when you see announcements and when you see players coming in or coming out. Steve, what did you think of the overall decision? made for those 10 players. What, what, did anything stand out to you? Did anything surprise you? Again, for me, the, the local ties, the players with local ties being being uh, let go, not having their options picked up was, was surprising, especially since both are pretty much on uh, close to, if not at league minimum in terms of how much they can make with their salary. So anything stand out to you or did you, was this just business uh, as usual for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, Peter Aloha was, was a sort of, was, was an impressive he played pretty well, didn't he, in the first half of the season before he got injured. Uh, so that was a little bit surprising. I guess he would have been a better earner. And yeah, I, I guess you know ultimately they just thought that guys like like Jay Chapman just they just weren't weren't good enough. You know, they maybe they think they can bring in players that that are better. It's, I think it's a little bit harsh. He, he seemed to be okay to me. Never looked like an amazing player, but solid enough and definitely MLS MLS quality. But um, you know, we don't see him day in day out. Um, you know, in, in training and, and, and around the the, cha- the locker room and everything like that. So, um, as as he as Phil Neville said, you know, and and 
someone at the club described to me that they, the, the decisions and the meetings they had were, were brutal. It was very, very difficult. You know, they've played, they've been with these guys for all season and yet, you know, they depended on them and then they've got to make that decision of whether or not they're going to have a future at the club. And yeah, brutal was the word that was, was told, given to me. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's the harsh decisions, but it has to be made in this, in this predicament they're in, particularly with the, um, you know, with the sanctions, they've got to make tough decisions in order just to make sure they can spread enough money around to make sure that next season isn't a repeat of, of this one. So, um, yeah, it's 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 tough on some, but it's just unfortunately just the way it goes. Steve, who do you think are the players that they might be in conversations? Unless you know, I don't know if you've heard anything, but if not, who do you think the players are that Inter Miami could be considering bringing back that are in conversations to bring them back? Jose has has said he thinks it's Victor Ulloa and Jay Chapman. I don't think Jay Chapman is one of them because he's already posted, he's already made his goodbye post on social media saying, you know, thank you for the time at the club and being one of the first players to be able to to dress uh, the jersey or wear the jersey, so... I don't think he's coming back. If there's a chance at him coming back, I don't think he makes that post on social media saying goodbye. So I don't think Jay Chapman, I agree with with, uh, with Jose that, that Victor Ulloa could be one of those guys that could come back. I think Breck Shea, who is out of contract, he did not have his, his option picked up or declined because he, he's just out of contract in general. He's a free agent, so... I think they might be in conversations to bring him back as well, but that's just my my opinion. It's just that's not inside information. What what do you think, Steve? Who do you think they might be in talks with to to bring back? I, I don't have any inside information on that particular point, but what I will say is is that you know you talk we're in 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 November now. The next season doesn't start till early March, so you know the transfer windows is open now, isn't it? So they can be in discussions with these players at least for the next three or four months. So I think. What you will see now is that Phil Neville and Chris Henderson are weighing up their options. They've decided players that they don't particularly want to keep um, for now, and they'll try and pursue different options and weigh up everything they've got. And then if they have a potential to go back to one of these players at a later date, probably in the new year, then they will. But, you know, they've been working on this. We've known about the sanctions for two months, three months now. So they've already been working. That's Chris Henderson's job is to, is to is to get everything in place and so they're just trying to fit all the all the pieces into the into the jigsaw into the into Miami jigsaw but um yeah they they have time in the general sense but I don't think there's going to take that many months to decide which of these players comes back if if any at all that they're no, but they, keep, they keep their options open sure but they they, it's not going to be a 3 4 months it's not going to be a 3 4 month no. process they'll 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 make that decision within the next few weeks hey Either you know you're going to come back, or you know you're going to move on and, and go somewhere else to a different team, or go through the MLS reentry draft, etc., etc. Whatever mechanism you fall under under MLS's very complex roster uh, mechanisms. But I this was surprising to me. This one was surprising to me. Is that Ryan Shawcross is on a guaranteed deal, so he's automatically still on the roster for next season, whether he returns or not after recovering from injury. That is that remains to be seen, but right now, officially speaking, he is still on the roster. I'm a bit surprised that Ryan Shawcross was signed to a guaranteed deal that did not come with a with an option like these other players did, because he he was coming off a lengthy spell of inactivity had been had been dealing with injuries prior to joining Inter Miami. He even said he was considering retirement at one point. So the fact that he has a guaranteed deal going into next year. I was I'm a bit surprised that someone of, of his of his injury history and age and risk is 
was given a, a guaranteed deal. Did that surprise either one of you, Jose? Did that surprise you at all that Ryan Sharkross did not have a, an option that, that the team could decline? Um. Well, I would like to say that I was surprised about it, but the way that Inter Miami um, is hiring players and the, the process that they have been going through, I mean, it shouldn't be as surprising, right? I mean, um, Jairo Quinteros is in the list, by the way. Yes, he is. I mean, yes, he is. Uh, so, I, I mean, uh, I just, I, I'm not that surprised. I should be, but I'm not that surprised. Um, I, I still think, you know, they're, they're going to find a way to, to get rid of him. So, um, if we're thinking about Jay Chapman, Victor Ulloa, Brickshea, um, those are players, well, for me at least, Brickshea, I know you want Brickshea back, but for me, if you want to go young, I don't think Brickshea might my feeling that in that list, but I think they're going to end up finding a way to, to get rid of him. I don't know how they're going to do it, whether they're going to come to an agreement with him, whether he feels that he's fit enough to play on um, one more season. Remember he was talking about retiring before joining inter Miami. I don't know if that's something that he might be thinking of. Um, so to answer the question, no, I am not surprised. Um, because that's that's the Inter Miami way. So um, I would be surprised if Jairo Quinteros ever uh, comes to South Florida. That that would that would surprise me more. Ryan Shawcross is on a base salary according to the MLS Players Association of three hundred thousand dollars. So he could earn three hundred thousand dollars more next year if he, he sticks it out for one more season. I don't know how many years his deal is worth, but it's he has it's, one year. He has one year left on his deal. Okay, so there's Steve and Primo Brenner with the details, with the facts. So, if... but you and and you 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 are an MLS aficionado more than more than I am. But is it correct that a club can only buy out one contract per season or per preseason or whatever? Is that is that correct? That is correct. They did that with Matias Pellegrini this year. They they used their one buyout option okay. on him, although he was still on the books. And we won't get into all of that because it, it gets complex. But, but, so, so but does yes. that mean are they are they then keeping their options? open or are they already they've already committed to that one buyout because then obviously that would that would explain you know why they're why they're going to keep him and um yeah as far as we know as far as i know i don't know if you guys have heard anything but as far as we know right now they haven't used their buyout option for next year they obviously used theirs for 2021 on pellegrini now as for 2022 they haven't used that one yet but i i doubt they use it on ryan shawcross if you're going to buy somebody out I imagine you'd want to buy out one of the DPs where, you know, you have more of a, you can get exactly. more of a return. So, so I, just, I, to explain, just to explain to everyone, you can only buy out one contract per, effectively per calendar per year, year, correct? Correct. Pretty much. Correct. Yeah. So per they're MLS not going to risk that on Ryan Shawcross. He's on a good wage. He's got a back injury right now. He doesn't want to give up earning another $300,000 a year living in Miami uh, living a great life in a lovely temperature while they're going back to Stoke. So you can understand from the player's point of view why he sits there and thinks, you know what, I'm going to sit this out. I'm gonna th I could be okay. The management aren't that sure about it. But what do they do? They don't waste the buyout on 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 him. They they hope potentially that thinking, yeah, it's not, maybe not great. It wasn't a great deal for us, but there is a hope that he could return and and contribute next season. So that's the dilemmas just that the clubs and, and managers like. And Chris Henderson, those guys that they, they're, they're dealing with right now. 
I do think there's a chance he comes back next year and is on Inter Miami next year because hundred percent he can he can come he, back he, and could be fit as a fiddle and be brilliant. Well, but I mean, that, you you, you, can, you can look at it that way, but I, I mean, given his injury history, could, his age, I you yeah. know, but I, I I just think with the salary, if he's on a guaranteed deal, he could easily just be like, well, I want the I want that three hundred thousand dollars next year, so I'm not, I'm not I'm not retiring or I'm not calling yeah. it quits. Was it a or, good s- signing in the first place? In retrospect, probably not. I, I had people telling me that they just thought that it was a very, very bad, bad move for for into Miami, and you know, Shawcross potentially thought MLS was going to be easier than he thought. But looking at his past record, it was worth a gamble. Maybe the gamble sometimes. Yeah, but the out. gamble should have came with it with an option deal, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think they should have given him a a guaranteed deal through two seasons, given the fact that he's well, injury prone, given the fact that he's had such a a spell of inactivity. That's a slightly different conversation when you're looking into the actual proper details of the contract. But yeah, look, the only know, the only way he was fit at the time. So what what, what, what do you do? Was he was he fit at the time? Well, he was fit at the time. Yeah, he was barely. He was. Play, he was, he, he he didn't was come barely playing. Did I mean, he, he was, didn't come to the club of injury. He was coming back off an injury. But he didn't come to the club with injury. So, yeah, I mean, what do you do? You offered a, a player that's been a, a great Premier League player or a great player in English football, which is. Of a, of a higher stand in MLS, yeah, of course you're going to take it. Steve, but... Steve sticking up for the Englishman. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Look, no, look, man, yeah, look. No, there's. I don't see how any. I don't see any any scenario where signing Ryan Shawcross at that point in his career on a guaranteed deal was a good idea. I just don't. I just don't agree with that. Like I just don't well, maybe see. The, the, maybe the numbers don't add up, but you know the potential that of, of having a sure. Then, but that you is, sign him to a yeah. you sign him to a deal that gives you an option now. The fact if he would only come off on guaranteed years, then you know whoever made that decision probably made a bad decision because Ryan Shawcross at this point in his career, with with what we know of him and, and the recent past, n- nothing was really indicating. All right, he's going to come to MLS and, and really turn it around and and, and kick butt. But he's, he's, he, but he's he, had he, a good career though. That's, that's, sure, that's, he's that's had a good career. Thing, you know, so so, so has Gonzalo Higuain. That. So has Gonzalo Higuain. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean that they're going to come here and. And, and light the world on fire just because of what they've shown at earlier stages in their careers. But anyway, uh, look, the only other alternative for him to, to go would be if he and the team together collectively decide, let's part ways. If they mutually agree to terminate the contract, he could be moved off, off the roster. But he would have to agree to that. And then that wouldn't count as a buyout because they both are mutually agreeing to, to rip well, up so the he contract. Just cancel his, his cancel his contract. Well, I mean, you, you see it occasionally in MLS. Well, why would players, you do that, though? Some, do some that? players want to go home. Some players don't, you know. They, some no, some no, players no, don't. Really. St- he's, had, he's had a good career. He's not short of... I'm sure he's not short of money. I haven't looked at Ryan Shawcross's bank balance in in, in a while, but um, <laughs> know, it's a lifestyle manager. thing as Let well. I, I, interv- I interviewed him earlier in the season. Is he loved? He loved the sort of the lifestyle in Miami. The guy lived in Stoke for ten years. I love you know. I love England. If you ever been to Stoke, Stoke is not like Fort Lauderdale or anywhere in Florida. Stoke is Stoke. It's cold. It's wet. Um, it's not that it's not that glamorous. Um, not to say that Fort Lauderdale glamorous, but um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Fort Lauderdale's pretty glamorous, sorry. brother. Don't, weren't you sorry, out glamorous. by the sorry, boats down, earlier down this bait. year? Weren't you like hanging out on the boats and talking to to some Inter Miami fan on the boat? I forgot. You, I remember you telling me the story back in like May or so. Mate, uh, I'm, I'm starting to compare Fort Lauderdale with Stoke. I need to stop right now. Um, but 
you know, if, if, he, if he's got one year left, the player will definitely want to want to stay. And you can't you can't blame the player. Oh, I don't blame him. That, but... I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. I don't blame him at all. Jose, Jose, Jose wanted to say something. Jose, what, what, what were you yeah. going to say there? I think there are two things that go along this topic as well. Um, the first thing is, OK, yeah, that's that's a good amount of money. But, you know, is it worth it if you're constantly injured and you're going through rehab and um, just the grind of another season, a long season in MLS with all the travel. That's the one thing that, you know, you have to consider if it's worth it. Because Ryan Sharkers, he, you know, he's not maybe one of the top, top, and he hasn't earned as much money as the top names in the in, in the game. But I'm sure he's, he's doing fine. And the other thing is, and this is a question for you guys, um, do you think you might, is there any other team that would be interested in, in Ryan Sharkros? Because I, I have doubts. I have doubts about that. But could that be an outlet for, for Inter Miami, maybe finding a deal somewhere, a team that might need him, that you know that he might agree to go to, which is another part of a, of, of a contract that we might have to look into. But is there a chance for somebody else to say, I want Ryan Chakras. In theory, yeah, yes. Possibly. In theory, yes. But realistically, more realistically speaking, I don't think anyone's trading for a 34-year-old English center back exactly. coming off injury, another injury, and it's on 300,000. This is a, a young league, as Chris Henderson said uh, yesterday, or excuse me, on Tuesday. So I just don't see anyone trading practically anything for Ryan Shawcross and that's just 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 the the stage or the state of MLS this day and age which again for me is makes the decision to high, uh, to sign Ryan Shawcross to a two-year deal that much more perplexing and, and baffling because again he was coming off of a lengthy spell of inactivity up to the point where he was considering retirement anyway I think we've stuck on Ryan Shawcross quite a bit here Steve I think you have one last thing you want to say there on the topic and then we'll switch gears to the press conference uh from Chris Henderson uh I think we should talk about Ryan Shawcross the whole time it's, you know it's a very <laughs> multifaceted uh, uh subject which look I think like a, a lower league English side potentially would come into him if he's fit but he's earning good wages here and, ha and enjoying a lifestyle which I don't think he'd be able to replicate in England so for the player why would he want to leave oh absolutely, so it, just, absolutely. it just boils down to was it a bad decision to bring him in the first place but that's a kind of a different situation a different conversation so but again you know they have to um, they've just got to deal with what they've got um, and if they get him fit I think he's, he can be helpful but he's not fit and he has a problem so there you go they essentially got rid of Andres Reyes, young, talented Colombian player, and replaced him with Ryan Shawcross this offseason. Your friend, your friend. Hey, Andres I would take I take Andres Reyes my, my any amigo. day of the yeah. week. Yeah, your old. I would take Andres Reyes any be, day yeah. of the week yeah. than Ryan Shawcross at this point in in True. their careers. Uh, that, that's just that, that, yeah. that's just my my personal opinion. I don't know if it was a, a Phil Neville uh, assignment or if this was a David Beckham handpicked uh, player because obviously he has that Manchester United experience but it was definitely known for man, playing in man united though. Mainly right, known but, for playing, but he playing has the manchester united ties and i that that's definitely not yeah. an insignificant factor in, in how he ended circle. up here so anyway moving on to the press conference moving on to to chris henderson what was the biggest takeaway you guys had from tuesday's conversation with him it was about half an hour long at drive pink stadium again not a whole lot said in terms of specific details but in general terms, you could pick up some nuggets here and there. What did you think? We'll start with you, Jose. What was your biggest takeaway from the press conference on Tuesday? Listen, I, I will tell you that um, 
I think the biggest thing that fans um, can take out and, and anybody else can take out is that the team is going to go young next year. You know, they're going to have a lot of young players. Right. But the one thing that um, that I kept thinking about after the press conference was over was the way that Chris Anderson was trying to sell Rodolfo Pizarro. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys caught on this because, you know, he was – um, saying that he deserved the spot in the national team yeah. and um, great player and and all that. He should be in the he should be in the next camp. That that you watch these last two games and you question well, how he could not be right. in the roster. Which I I could get the argument for that, but when he's not really been playing consistently for Inter Miami, I think you know the answer no. is there, right? The answer is there of why he didn't get called up. But I mean, Chris Henderson knows that. Chris Henderson knows that he's that's he, a sale, right? Right. Isn't he's, that he's, a he's, sell? it's a sales pitch? It's a sales pitch. Yeah, you're public a, sales pitch. Yeah. So I, that's the one thing you know. Like like I said before, you know, I I appreciate having the opportunity to talk talk to him, but I think maybe this off season, um. With so many moving parts, it's hard for Chris to to be as open as as we would have wanted right. in a press conference because there's a lot of moving parts and those are the two things you know going young with maybe some lone players and and the other thing that that caught my attention was um, when he was asked about about Pizarro the way he was selling Pizarro which tells me that they right and, and I think we all know this right they are actively looking for a place for. Rodolfo Pizarro, which you know, it's understandable because of the situation of the sanctions and and, behemoth, and Pizarro being the only player out of the DPs that actually will will generate some interest from from I don't know if in MLS, but maybe outside of the league in, in Liga MX. Um, although it, it, somebody told me just a few days ago, um, what would you think about Pizarro going to within MLS to some other team where there's a bigger Mexican population? Yeah. Or maybe another Mexican um, teammate that that he can, you know, gel a, a lot better than what he did with with Gonzalo Iwain. So you know that that remains an opportunity for him. But the, the reality is that you know for me, uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, it, it was it was it was uh, a self speech that what we saw from Chris Anderson the other day. No, I, I absolutely agree. You know, he talked about how Pizarro can unlock a defense, but obviously we didn't see a whole lot of that this year for various various reasons but yeah I think he was a bit complimentary of Pizarro as he was with most of the players I asked him about all three DPs and the outlook he had or or just his review of their seasons and he wasn't very critical of any of the three of them and I think again like you said it's it's a matter of keeping cards close to the vest trying to to maximize whatever chances are of of getting rid of these players or you know, parting ways with them via a trade, via retirement, whatever, whatever it is. I think Chris Henderson was 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 being very, very complimentary rather than very open and honest about things. But that's just my I, perspective. If I can add one more thing, Franco, that I, that I think it it's worth noting is that you know just a few weeks ago, before the end of the regular season, I remember asking Phil about the three designated players. And he gave exactly the same answer when he was asked. Uh, Chris Anderson gave the, the exact same right. answer. Because they are all under contract. Right. So, you know, of course we know that they're, they're trying to um, move some of the players. So uh, I'm guessing that it gives you an idea that that's, that's the thought process when they were going to be asked to 
they already knew what they wanted to answer. So um, that's just an example of, of how the press conference went. You know, they had a plan. And um, I think they, they, they did execute the plan the way they wanted. We're just going to have to wait and see what the moves are in, in the next few weeks. Steve, for you, what was the biggest takeaway? I agree with Jose that the overall, the biggest talking point, in my opinion, was the the continued statement of going younger, of wanting to be a bit younger. Chris Anderson talked about how, how it's a young league and how, you know, take the New England Revolution, for example, with their athleticism and their speed and their counterattacking, that that is, you know, this is a league where you need to be able to move around the field, etc., etc. So I think that is the biggest takeaway. But what was your observation? What was your analysis of, of the 30 minutes that we had with Chris Anderson on Tuesday? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we, we've known, you know, we've known Jose that all, all for the whole season that if, if they came up, if someone came up to them tomorrow and said, we want to buy your DPs, will you sell them? Of course they would. I mean, 100%. They've been, you know, they've been not been happy with all, all three of them. And his, Chris Henderson's quote to us yesterday, all three DPs are under contract, but we're listening to all options to help us improve the team. So that, you know, they're open to every, to any, any, you know, possibility you know, when you're reporting on things like this, when it gets to this point of the season now where the transfer window's open, sometimes the names don't come forward as, as much as possible. Six months ago, sources were telling us different names and now it's gone a little bit quiet because they know that this is the crunch time when they have to try and, you know, make 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 these contacts. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 always, it's been the same situation the whole way through. The, the, the DPs have, have all been for sale. Probably, pretty much, I think all three of them are going to, stay interesting really what he did say about bizarre was picking him up yeah because they want to sell they they, if they could sell him they would um but it's just whether or not there'd be any takers mexico had a bad result didn't they last night in the snow uh there's huge pressure on the national team right now is he going to even get back in he's not hasn't been in the picture is he the last few games so uh, there's all that swilling around he's not very sellable asset unfortunately um but you know he kept on talking about youth you know, I think potentially they'll try and use most of the allocation money on one established player who can come into the team straight away. And the rest of it's going to be, you know, younger players. But that's, you know, that's what they said initially when they started the franchise. They wanted young players to come through to be the heartbeat of the team, local players. And fine, you know, they they have let some some guys go, but maybe they weren't good enough. So maybe now they're looking at, at you know, different players. Chris Henderson also gets talking about how good Phil Neville as a coach was. Um, how good he was working with youngsters, you know, that, and that all, you know, that all contributes. They're trying to produce good players, and you know, who's to say that they won't produce players that, in, you know, that can be solid MLS players while paying the big money for sort of overseas stars, you know? Quick question for both of you: Why, why do you think that they were being, or they? Why do you think Chris Henderson was being so? cautious with his words with regards to the DPs and obviously yes they are under contract but why do you think that is why do you think he was being maybe more complimentary because again when I asked him about an overview of how they performed this season he he was very positive you know just highlighted what they did well as opposed to what they didn't do do you think it's a matter of they know that there is a possibility those players might be back in 2022 or do you think it's, it's just something else Jose I'll start with you quickly yeah I I think, you know, it's because they don't know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, um, if you think about it, you know, um, the team will really benefit from not having Blaze back. But if he's under contract and he wants to play, then we're going back to the Ryan Shocker situation. Right. Right. Who's going to buy? Who's going to buy? Seriously, who's going to buy Blaze Matuidi? No, 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 nobody. No one's no coming one. in and that, buying Blaze Matuidi. Absolutely no one. So nobody. that's why they stopped. Yeah. yeah. 
So if they if they find a way to get to get to get him somewhere else, then fine. They're you know <laughs> they're gonna be cheering, <laughs> but um, but that's that's the situation with the three DPS. You know they they were such there was an expectation from all of them, but it was different at a time because they came in to the team at a different time, and of course Pizarro being the first one coming in and the way things are shaping out, you know it's not a good situation for the team, but. For now, they do have a contract, and and you know you, you kind of have to go out there, and, and that's what you have to say. You know they are under contract, and they will be back as of right now. If the season started tomorrow, they will be in in the roster. But there are so many moving parts. I think that's 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 the key phrase here. You know if, if things can change, if they get an offer, I do believe um, that, especially in Liga MX, I, I do believe that they. They still believe in Pizarro. That they, they, he has a potential somewhere, like <laughs> as Steve would say. But would that be a big story if if Pizarro went back to Liga MX? Would that, I mean, would it would it Absolutely. resonate in the whole of Mexico, or just you know, people would just sort of see and think, oh, that's interesting. It would be a big, big story because you know, right. remember before Pizarro coming in here, there was talk about him going to the Premier League or top leagues, right? But of course. You know, things are not even close to to that, to what they wanted or expected. But the reality is that teams in Mexico believe in the Pizarro that played in Liga MX. They don't believe, they don't they don't place too much value on what on what has happened here in Inter Miami. And and you know, agents can shape things up the way they want it. You know, they can explain things that happened here, the pandemic. Um, he didn't get along with his teammates, they didn't treat him well, but he has the Potential, if he's able to come back, he'll be able to perform. We want to get him back to the national team. And so many things, so many conversations that for teams in Liga MX that might not be aware of what's going on here in South Florida, and then he'll grab attention. And especially if he goes back to Monterrey or Chivas, you know, that's going to be a big deal with Pizarro going back. So sure. um, I think that there'll be some interest in, especially in Mexico. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it here in MLS, but I, I, I do believe in Mexico, you know, there might be a team or two that would be interested in listening. And of course, they do know the situation that Inter Miami is in. So, you know, that that, that plays a factor as well. Look, and I, and I think one thing that we need to add in terms of that conversation is that if he goes back to Mexico, it's not only a big story in terms of Liga MX because one of their internationals or one player that's in the, in the pool returns and a player that has a decent name to him but he would be essentially taking a step back, right? Because he left, like Jose said, Liga MX at a time when his stock was at its highest. There was talk of Europe. He obviously came to MLS. That took a lot of people by surprise, and and he was criticized for that. Returning to Liga MX would obviously be seen as probably a step back for him after... Would, after, it? After, would it? I don't think so. I, would I, it? I mean, I think a, so. a Mexican midfielder going back to playing in home? I don't think so. No. I think Not so. Sure. I, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. No, I'm not, I'm not being okay. sarcastic. No, I mean, I'm just. No, absolutely. I think it would be I'm, seen I'm as a step back. I'm putting myself in yeah. Jose's shoes. I'm being like a Monterey fan. Cesaro <laughs> came back. <laughs> is, Jose, is Jose a Monterey fan? What? He is now. <laughs> he, is, he, he, he isn't your fantasy manager. Um, he's a he's a Monterey fan. Look, no, I think it's absolutely seen as a step as a step back. It would be like an MLS player, a, a U.S. international that plays in MLS, going to Europe for a couple seasons and then returning back to MLS because things didn't go well in Europe. I think that would be seen as a step back. So 
I think that would be a big talking point if uh, and when he does return. I like it when players have different experiences and play in different leagues. I think it's, you don't see that enough, really. But anyway, there you go. And, and just to quickly add to Pizarro, he posted on his Instagram. You know, I've been on the Rodolfo Pizarro Instagram beat as of late. But he posted on his Instagram post him at the Miami Heat game, or a recent Miami Heat game, and he's wearing a blue and white jacket. And Hector Moreno, who is a, a fellow Mexican international, plays for... Rayados de Monterrey, he said, well, he just put heart emojis. And Pizarro responds, buenos colores, no tocayo, which means great colors, right, my friend or, or my namesake. So maybe, maybe Monterrey, maybe Monterrey is a possibility. Well, you know what, Jose, this is just the build up for, the, for Franco to then tell us that, that Rodolfo Pizarro started like retweeting some of his tweets. Tweets or something is that, is that right? No, I, we, we already we already touched on that last week. Oh. I do want to hear I do want to hear Jose's Jose's overall take on the on on the matter because I know when when uh, I sent you guys a screenshot in our WhatsApp group that we have. Yes, we do have a, a WhatsApp group for us three. Uh, Jose said this reminds me of of high school or, or something along those lines, right, Jose? Well, I think they're just playing games. Be careful, Franco, because at some point they're going to know you're looking at their timeline. Oh, no, no, no. It, it already happened. See, I didn't want to get into the conversation of me because it's not about me. But since Steve Steve brought it up, it, it already happened because, you know. Yeah, he... Rodolfo's a fan. That's cool. And it, it's refreshing to see players being honest and doing what they think. Um, but Franco loves it. And why not? It started with some observations that I made of the season finale against the New England Revolution. Anyway, I screenshot a few of them and, and obviously tw- shared that and tweeted it out. And one of my buddies who I know personally on Twitter, just teasing me said in one of them, you've gone from soccer reporter to uh telenovela journalist, something along those lines. And Pizarro liked that tweet. Pizarro liked that tweet. So <laughs> yeah, but that's good luck. Fair play. That's no, absolutely. Like that. I, oh, that's no, no. Awesome. I'm not, I'm not angry at Pizarro for liking that tweet. It's, it's all well and good. It's not, I'm not offended by, by at all. I'm just, you know, I'm just sharing the, because Jose was saying, oh, you know, be careful. He's, go, he's going to end up liking something or saying something. So, I mean, he, he, he already liked the tweet, Jose. So he already beat you to, to the punch there in that regard. But, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think at some point, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's hard to understand exactly what's going on with tweets, retweets, likes. Um, but uh, I, I think, you know, everything that happened in social media in the last few weeks, which I've been aware because of you, by the way, Franco. Um, hey, man, I, 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 think, I, try, I try to leave no stone unturned. That's all I'll say. I try to leave no stone unturned. I'm trying to be, have my, my, my pulse or uh, my ear to the ground on everything. I think it's, it's, it's interesting and, you know, expected at the same time. Um, you know, the situation with him in, in, in Inter-Miami hasn't been ideal. Um, I, I think if you're able to to like a, a tweet about it, that means you're, you know, you're getting closer to moving on. Um, if you're really frustrated about it, you don't want to, you don't want to read about the, the subject. You don't want to do anything with it. So I think, you know, Pizarro is in a good place. You know, it's still, he's a soccer player living the dream. So um, I think he's going to let things play out the way they, they, they do this, this offseason and see, see what happens next year. So, I, I, I listen, the situation with him anyway, we already know what it is, and, and I don't think that's going to change. I, and that's about it. I did ask Chris Henderson on Tuesday about their relationship and these, and these tweets, and Chris Henderson said, or he chalked it up to just how competitive Pizarro is, and he comes from a winning environment, as do... Iguain and Matuidi, and that when you know things haven't gone well, that 
you know, that they expect to win. So that's why, you know, you see some unhappiness and some, some displeasure. So again, Chris Henderson was, was more of the, instead of maybe being critical, he was more just taking a more positive viewpoint on the, on the matter, or at least expressing that publicly. But going back to just his press conference, we've talked about the DPs. We've talked about the youth movement that, that is expected to happen this off season. Something else that I thought was noteworthy well, there's a couple more things, but one of them was that the team may not play an attractive style next year, especially away from home. That it might be more of a counterattacking team or a gritty team. This is something we've heard Phil Neville say in recent weeks, and now we've heard from Chris Henderson. They've used the word grind it out, or the term grind it out, and grinding out results. Do you expect Inter-Miami to change stylistically how how it plays next year because it, everything's pointing that it will that it, it might not be pretty it might not be a free-flowing attacking style soccer the type of soccer that was sold at least publicly in the media and to the fans over these first two seasons that they wanted to be a, 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 an attacking team a proactive team do you think we might see an Inter-Miami that's reactive in 2022 given what the two or two of the leadership uh, positions, or two people in leadership positions, excuse me, have said. Steve, what do you think? Well, no, I mean, you know, I think it, that shows that they know that it's going to be a young team. They're going to have to, they're still going to have Higuain. They're probably going to still have, you know, Matuidi, you know, Morgan, Pizarro, we don't know, but they're going to have a young team. It's going to be inexperienced for the, for the most part. You can imagine they're going to bring in potentially one other high earning kind of guy hopefully they're you know guy like motto that they mentioned the brazilian guy the rest of it's going to be young players coming in harvey neville you know guys like that um so i think it, that that's kind of them trying to just you know buy some time look it's not going to be pretty we're going to try and get results and you know the team are going to be focused on on doing that it's not going to be free-flowing amazing football that's going to make everyone cry out of you know, the beauty of it, but they're going to try and get the job done. I think that just points to the fact they're just going to have an inexperienced team with, you know, sprinkled with guys like Higuain and, you know, Matuidi, if he can keep going and, you know, the guys. So it's, yeah, that, that it's, it's about the sanctions, isn't it? It's about the sanctions. They've been hit badly with it. And um, now they're having to deal with it. Chris Henderson did say there are ways to minimize those sanctions and, and, uh, to, to deal with it, them. But it still just, affects them. Oh, it? no, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely. corporate talk, but it still affects them big time, doesn't it? It hasn't no, no helped at all, is it? No doubt. So. And that's and that's why he said, we will listen to all offers. So I would yeah. not be surprised. I would not be surprised if they maybe trade some fan favorites this year. Or this, sorry. This uh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me just ask you, are they in the worst position, position of any other MLS team? I mean, yeah, they're playing. Yeah. They're they're hamstrung significantly, and again, this is you know I was going to more say than just any now, other the 30, 30, what is it, thirty other teams. N- not thirty other teams, not yet, but yes, they are. They are in a Sorry. very precarious situation because of the sanctions that they have, and I think because of that, you might I, I, see. I, 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 just to be clear, you know, the other front offices, agents, everyone, everyone knows that. So that you know, it's. Um, Right, no, it, it, it hurts them even more. Negotiations harder. Absolutely, but there, there, this might be why we could see, and I've seen it in MLS over the course of my ten plus years covering the league. There might be some fan favorites that get let go. That you might think right now, this day today, sitting here, if you're listening to us, no way someone like Lewis Morgan gets traded or is is shipped off somewhere. 
I could absolutely see something like that happening this this offseason yeah. because it, it he has value. He has value in this league, and he's performed well. Somebody in this league, I, I mean, I imagine if you ask most teams around the league, you know, who are who are the top players on Inter Miami that you'd be interested in taking, I imagine Lewis Morgan would be would be right up there, if not if not number one, just because of his age, his you know the production he has shown, especially when he's played more uh, further up the field. So. I, I could definitely see some fan favorites being moved. And again, Chris Henderson said they will listen to all offers. It seems like every player practically on this squad is is available and up for grabs. No one is untouchable. Of untouchable. Of course, because they want they want to have that option. And, and if someone says to them, in, you know, hypothetically, we want Lewis Morgan, that's it, we'll, we'll take him. And then they get the, that extra money for him and they could do something else. Absolutely. You know, that's... It just it depends what, fit, what fits in. No one is indispensable. And like I said, if they could, if someone came up to them tomorrow and said, "We'll take all three DPS right now," they'd get rid of them in a heartbeat. Oh, it so, of course, it of doesn't. Course. It obviously doesn't work like that. But you know, it's um, no one. You know, coming into the third season of the franchise, no one's indispensable. You know, uh, someone like Lewis Morgan would have attracted interest from from everyone. You have to look at his domestic situation and see what's happening. Now the borders are open because of, uh, you know, previously they were closed. My parents, for example, can finally come having left my, uh, Miami for the last time just before what was supposed to be the first home game ever. Uh, you know, the, the first game against LA Galaxy they had tickets for, and then COVID hit, and, and that was that. So, um, you know, that that could obviously, you know, alter... alter um, decisions in terms of you know foreign players or certainly players from the uk or whatever but you just have to wait and wait and see what happens but i think yeah and any option is is possible right now no one's indispensable and that is your brenner family update jose on their way. <laughs> jose good i'm glad i'm glad you get to see your your folks Steve. No, i'm not actually I'll, gonna I'll be in california they're gonna arrive while i'm actually away but anyway but that's that's irrelevant but you will get to see them well, I would when I come back, okay. but they're, actually right. gonna, they're gonna write be in the US while I'm in another part of while I'm on the West Coast, but it's fine. Brenner's and no is... and no one cares about this other than me. So they... <laughs> hey, I care. I'm I'm glad you get to see your folks, even if even if it's not as long as uh, you would like. Jose, switching to you here, what did you think about about that? Because something else that Chris Henderson said in this press conference was that and this is where he did provide some detail. He did go into some more specifics. One of the few times he did in this press conference is he said in terms of this offseason, they want to try to improve the spine. Now, I am paraphrasing. He didn't say it exactly like this, but he did use the term the spine, and he named specifically by position. He said striker, midfielder, didn't say what kind of midfielder, but midfielder, and central defender. Those were the three positions he named. That's the spine of the team. So that is where we, we heard some specifics. He also went into a little more detail with regards to the midfield later on in the press conference saying that they want to have players that are a bit better with the ball. That because if you have the ball more, right, you defend less, or you're defending with the ball because now you have the ball, and you can move it around. You're not defending off the ball. So, looks like the midfield and obviously the other the other areas that I just mentioned are going to be their priorities. <laughs> that um, that he wanted players that complement each other, which yes. you know <laughs> that's. That's proven to be something important, especially when you're talking about your DP players. Right. Um, I, do, I do believe the goal for next year, you know, is maybe not to have. Uh, it's just about having better results than what they did this year. You know, I think everybody at some point is going to understand the limitations that they're going through. Um, of course, there is going to be a, a group of fans that 
you know, will look at, uh, at, at the transactions and they will they will freak out. They will be like, oh, this is not what they offered. And, you know, we wanted a world-class uh, team with world-class players. And maybe they don't understand exactly what's going on. But I, I do believe at some point everybody's going to be on the same page. And, you know, at the end of 2022, I think we're going to be looking at a team that, you know, was looking for you just uh, having an opportunity to develop players, to, to show some uh, that, um, you know, some of the young talent could be um, in a few years um, uh, the backbone of the team. Um, I think if they end up losing um, less games than what they did this year, they, they would call it a success. You know, in MLS, you never know. You get um, a win or two at the right time, and then maybe you're, you try to sneak in the playoffs, and, and that would be like winning the the championship for Inter Miami next year. I I do think that the the main priority on top of getting young, you know, is to bolster that midfield, be it with a another attacking midfielder, a better attacking midfielder than maybe or a more productive attacking midfielder than Rodolfo Pizarro and a central midfielder that can give you more than what Blaise Matuidi can give you because obviously we've all been critical of Blaise Matuidi this year. He hasn't been that that impressive. He's had actually a lot of bad games in my opinion, so I definitely think that that is if 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 getting younger is is point A or point one A, then point one B is is bolstering that midfield because that's the one area, that's the one part of the team that Chris Henderson went into a bit more detail on. You know, started talking a bit more soccer uh, specific conversation. I don't know. He just had a, he was just doing more soccer specific talking when it came to to the central midfield. So uh, I think they'll definitely look to to improve that and address that. Obviously, like like we know, Gene Mota has been linked. Rafael Veiga ha- have, has been linked as well. He would not comment on them specifically when asked by I believe believe it was a Brazilian journalist that was on the on the Zoom portion of the press conference. But clearly, they're trying to bolster the the middle of the park. Anything else you guys want to add before we we wrap up the this this segment and jump into the Q and Anything at all, Steve? I think you have something. I don't know if I do, to be honest. Other than um. I just, yeah, it's a cagey time that they've got feelers out. Agents are now sort of prowling. They know exactly which clubs have got which money and everything like that. Everyone's for sale. It just depends who comes in for them. But that's been the, that's been the way the whole time, really. Jose, anything else you want to add with regards to this press conference? Anything that's stood out to you or anything you want to, to touch on before we put a bow on the end of season availability? No, I can't wait for the q and I already saw some of the questions on Twitter and I like them, so... If you want to get going, I'm fine with that. Okay, so then we'll leave it there. It looks like Inter Miami is having a sale yard this offseason. Everything is up for sale. So if you're an MLS team or a team across the world that has any interest in any Inter Miami player, well, put an offer in because Inter Miami will be listening to them all. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back for the Q&A session. I think it'll be a, a pretty quick one, although it should be an interesting one. We'll do that after this. Okay, guys, it's Q&A time, and we've got a few questions. Let's just jump right into it. You know the drill. First one comes from Tank721. What will be the goal for next year's squad? Is it to make 
make it to the playoffs or just end with a positive record. About how many goals and assists do you see Gonzalo getting now that Fede is gone and Pizarro will more than likely be gone as well? Okay, let's try to keep it short and tight. Jose, I will start with you. What will be the goal for Inter Miami squad next year? Um, you know, from the get-go, it's going to be about the playoffs. At least uh, try to make it to the playoffs. And with that goes, obviously, a better record, a better performance overall. And, um, yeah, I think that that's that's going to be the, the goal. Um, and in terms of uh, Gonzalo Higuain goals, you know, I think it's too early right now. We still have to... Right to see how the roster shapes up, to see how effective it can be. You know, if things are not going the right way, then eh, I don't know. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I, I don't think he's going to get to 12 goals. But, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. Right. Let's see what number 10 is brought in in place of Pizarro. If that, you know, if Pizarro is moved on before we, we, we start predicting Gonzalo Higuain's goals for for 2022 yes we have to see who gets brought in in that position i think i i agree with you that i think the the goal will be to make the playoffs won't be i don't think they're going to come out and say like they have for the last two years we want to be one of the top teams in the eastern conference etc etc i think they will take a much more realistic approach with the sanctions and everything in terms of just being a team that makes the playoffs and taking it from there. Steve, what do you think are the goals for the squad in 2022? The bare minimum, of course, is to get into the into the playoffs. I mean, it was an absolute failure that you know it didn't happen this season. That is the absolute bare minimum. They want to obviously finish as high up as possible to help them as the, as the uh, you know the, the the race to get to MLS Cup uh, you know, continues. So, no. Bare minimum, it was a complete failure to not finish in the top eight of what 14. Yeah, that's that's the aim, that's what they got to aim for. Okay, next question comes from Don Cafecito, and he says, Seems like for the first time since the team's inception, we have our sporting director and coach on the same page and with a clear plan moving forward with this new youth movement. I see Phil staying another two seasons for this kind of project. Would you agree? I'm going to start on this one because. My first question to Chris Henderson in the press conference, and we did not touch on it on the last segment, I think Steve briefly mentioned it, but we didn't dive into it in, in more detail, so I'm glad this question came up. I asked Chris Henderson, you know, what, what's the reason that they're bringing Phil back? Like, I wanted to hear his reasoning. We all know that, that Phil Neville's coming back in 2022. The, the team obviously didn't have a great year this year. It finished worse in the standings than it did in 2020 under Diego Alonso. That's all well and good if they want to, you know, stress continuity, but I wanted to hear from Chris Henderson the reasonings for, or the reasons for, Phil Neville returning despite the the obviously the failure that was 2021 and he said part of it was that he thinks he's a good coach and that he's good with young players and given the situation they're in they're going to have to tap into more of that youth in the pipeline and, and have to cultivate and develop prospects like Enedes and Ascona, Aime Mubica continue to to work with a Christian McCoon those type of players so that's one of the reasons that they're bringing him back and I fully agree I fully agree with, you know, Don Cafecito here that I think Phil Neville's here for, for the for the next two seasons. I just don't see him getting let go based on everything that I've heard publicly, some of the things I've heard privately, and just obviously the, the very obvious connections that he has with David Beckham. I think he's here for the long for the long haul. I don't think he's going anywhere. Even if results go poorly, Again, next season they will be playing with uh, with a handicap of sorts because they won't be able to spend as much as other teams. So this this speaks to me longer term project. This speaks to me. Phil Neville will be here for at least another two seasons. 
but that's just my, my vantage point. Steve, we'll start with you here because I know we, we always have a differing viewpoints when it comes to, to Phil Noble. Well, what, what, what's a more reassuring duo? Paul McDonough and Diego Alonso or Chris Henderson and Phil Neville? What, what, what position would you think, well, maybe, yeah, I'll go with uh, the Chris Henderson one rather than the Paul McDonough one. No, don't, don't you think? Is that, is that incorrect? I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've said that I, w- I would have taken Chris okay. Henderson first. I've said that since since earlier this year, last year. Yeah. I would have I would have gone with Chris Henderson initially over Paul McDonough if I was making the decision. But that, that's not. But that's not the, the question here, Steve. The question is, do you see Phil? Do you agree that Phil will stay here for another two seasons? To, yeah, absolutely. To yeah, this he, kind of project. So the results the results don't necessarily matter then because if if the plan is for him to help develop uh, these young players, then the results aren't as much of a priority as they as they are in some some other places no that's not that's not correct at all no no he's had this season but now he has a full preseason um ahead of himself you know working out the roster and now it's yeah this this season is is crucial for him if he doesn't deliver then he, he of course he would expect that you know um questions will be asked and decisions could be made or whatever but i uh, remember that the whole preseason of last season was a mess um, so mitigation circumstances for sure. Yes, the sanctions, but no, he knows it's on him, and he knows that that team is good enough to finish within the top eight of that league, hundred percent. You know, a couple more wins either way, and they probably would have done it this season, but it would have been sort of you know hanging on by their by their fingernails, so to speak. But um, he knows that team should be doing doing much better. So it's, it's on him next season if he doesn't deliver. Then he, I'm sure he would face up to the consequences. So you don't agree that you see him staying on for the next two seasons to to just unfold the project. You think it does no, matter? No, I think I think I think next season's is definitely big for them because yeah, he, he tried this this season hard and it didn't happen. But you know, he was dealing with a lot of players that weren't particularly his own. Now he can can they can sort of maneuver the squad a little bit more, even though he is hamstrung by the sanctions. Um, yeah, I mean, if he goes badly again, then yeah, I'm sure he'll look at it. He's he's, he's man enough to say, yeah, is it working? I don't know. I'm not sure, but so it. you think? So you think if you think if they don't make the playoffs next year, that he gets let go? Depends on what happens. I mean, if they yeah, don't make the playoffs, if they don't make the playoffs, do you do you? They've got to make the playoffs. Yeah, if, if they don't though, but right if now, no, 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 but that's not. I'm asking you, if they don't make the playoffs, do you think? Do you could you foresee a scenario where Inter Miami? says, all right, Phil, it's time to part ways. Because I don't. I don't see it. Based on everything I've heard, I don't see that. I think Phil Neville's here for the next two years, it, regardless of what happens. It's a question. But if I'm sure if you, are, if you sat down and asked him right now, of course, he would, I think he would agree with you. Yeah, for sure. He knows but it's that. Not, but it's not up to him to Bare make that minimum, decision. Man. But it's not, it's not up to him to make that decision. I, I think we're having like a, a, a misunderstanding here. Or you're, not, you're not getting – or I'm not explaining myself properly here. Because, no, again, if, if – the results don't go their way next season. If they miss the playoffs again, do you see a scenario where the team says, "Phil, time to pack your bags. We, we're moving on." Maybe, maybe he would say that. Who knows? We, we don't know. He would definitely see it as a failure for hundred percent. Yeah, but that's but not the question. The question is, do you see the team parting ways with him? Do you? Would you see the team if they don't perform next year? Do you? Do you see a scenario where the team's like, "All right, Phil." We're, we're yeah, starting possibly, fresh. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. But that's just me. Jose, I mean, yeah, what do you think? Who knows? I think, I, listen, I think I'll give, and I think the team will give Phil one more year. I think next year he's going to be here for good. Um, but, but it's going to come down to the development of players as well. 
you know, if you want to go young, you want to see progress, right? And uh, yeah, and that's what Chris Henderson said. He's a, he's good working with young players. So, you know, they like, like dovetail of each other. Yeah, you bring in the guys that are earning the big money, but you also produce the young players. That's what it's all about, right? But so, if if you're developing young players, then that doesn't necessarily translate to results right away. So developing young players it, it, and, it and competing on, for MLS Cup are not necessarily synonymous with one another, right? Like that's just they just don't necessarily no. go hand in hand. What but the players have been in the system for a couple of years, right? So, you know, they're not starting from completely scratch. There are players in the system, have been in their system for at least the last two years. What if what if you have another McCoon situation in in, in 2022? I mean and if it's not only one player, maybe it's two players, three players that, you know, show progress, um, that could take you to the playoffs. Like, yeah. you know, if, if Ascana comes in next year and, and he develops the way he's supposed to, you know, if, if Makun continues to grow, um, you, you'll still have Gonzalo Wayne around. You know, if you have a better group that connects a lot better, you know, collect the collective effort is... is better you can make it to the playoffs even even with having some some young players so you know i think it's next year to me it's it for feel it's going to be very important next year we want to see progress you want to see the team learning from what happened this year and um if there's no development and the results are still bad then i think we can all expect Inter Miami to struggle for the next two years. Wait, wait, wait hold so, it, hold it. Sorry to interrupt you, but just just to be clear on the, on the question: If Inter Miami doesn't make the playoffs next year, if they struggle, do you see a scenario where Phil Neville get, lets gets let go, or do you think they would keep him on because they're banking on and and planning on having him work with the youth? Do you see that and, and prioritizing that, or not? Maybe not prioritizing not prioritizing that, but stressing that. Do you see a scenario where even if they don't make the playoffs next year, this is a longer term project, a larger term vision and plan? He sticks around for twenty twenty three. Yes, I can see. I can see a way in which they fire him, and and I'll tell you why. Because um, they will have two more years with with the sanctions. So um, if you let him go next year, then the new coach will come in. Um, in the last year of the sanctions and having a group of players, young players that will most likely come back for 2023, that would be a good start for, in a sense that it, once 2024 comes and you're, you're back in the game, then you can bring the superstars that you want and just complement uh, the, the, the group of players that have been with the club for the last two years. So that would be the right timing to bring another another head coach you know, not a lot of pressure in 2023 for a new a new head coach, if that's the case, because you're going to come in the same situation with the sanctions. So, yeah, I can see I can see it happening. If there's no playoffs and, and the situation with the young players is not good enough. Yeah, I can see them making the change. Yeah, no okay. doubt. Okay. I don't agree with that, but I like the argument. I like the, the, the arguments you made there for for that. So let's let's move on to the next question and it comes from Lucho Lalo 1896 he says get me those pink and black nets lol just kidding we need a better team why did they get rid of Acosta why do we still have Iguain and Pizarro especially with the last episode you talked about they don't gel together we need more South American flair to this team they need scouts out there so something else that Chris Henderson did touch on and, and provided detail on is that you know the scouts are traveling to, to look at players, he himself, he said he will be traveling to South America as well to, to look at some players. So they're definitely in the midst of doing all that. 
He also said there's processes in place now with different hires that they've made to, to help better assess players and, and potential signings. So that, that he said weren't there when they first arrived and tried to, to change things pretty on pretty short notice. So, you know, as for the specific questions, why why did they get rid of Acosta? Like I said before, I think it just is a case of these players maybe not fitting into the longer-term plan, the longer-term vision. Again, Acosta and Gadiri were two players that were close to the league minimum in terms of their salaries. But, you know, if they don't fit into the longer-term vision of the team, then obviously they're, they're going to part ways. I think something that's not that's not uh, an insignificant detail and something I haven't touched on here, he is not a homegrown player. Even though he's a local player, he didn't come in into the academy and etc., etc. So he does count against the cap. His his 80000 I think he was making or around there, that does count against the cap. Whereas other homegrowns like in Edison Ascona, et cetera, et cetera, on their homegrown deals, they don't count against the cap. So that's probably something that also was taken into consideration here, uh, along with the fact that maybe they just don't rate him highly enough. But because of the fact that that hits their, their salary cap, because of that fact that it hits uh, their budget, that's also probably something that went into consideration here. Because like we know, they have sanctions they have to juggle and have to deal with and try to minimize. So they need as much money as they possibly can. And, you know, if, if they are having to spend $80,000 on a player that they don't really see earning MLS minutes or they don't really rate for a longer-term future, then obviously, again, you, you part ways with him. I, th- I think the, I think the question comes from a place of maybe not, not fully understanding the complex, understandably so, the complex MLS roster rules. You know, you, you can't just get rid of Pizarro and Higuain. They have guaranteed deals in MLS, whereas some other players do not. Normally designated players, or I think all designated players, have guaranteed deals. So, you know, you can't just get rid of them by MLS rules. So you have to, you know, if they're going to get rid of them, they have to either buy them out, well, sell well, them, you, trade well, them, etc. Sorry, sorry. What, what you said before about you know him saying that they now they've got those processes in place, that meant that, that when before Chris Henderson came in and Paul McDonough was there, obviously with Diego Alonso, it, you know they waste had they wasted a year in terms of the scouting there and stuff like that. I'm not sure. Well, that's what that's what Chris Henderson you know led us to believe, right? That, that there are processes now that didn't exist when he arrived. So, you know, from his vantage point, there are better processes now that are in place. So there are processes that exist now that didn't exist a year yeah. ago. And, and and he also touched on the fact that they go through, they use stats, they use analytics, uh, not stats, they use analytics through every step of the process. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going off the top of my head here, I believe he said they have a seven-step process in terms of their scouting or in terms of their, sure. their player I mean, they, signing. You know, I, I'm curious what the seven I'll, steps are. I'd be... I'd be no, no, you know, I, absolutely. But I'd be thrilled to hear what their seven steps are, like what those seven steps are for them to 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 come to terms on on wanting to design a player. I, I that's just, but that's just my yeah, maybe the soccer nerd. It depends on the coaches. You know, it depends on the whole coaching staff. You know, obviously an interesting aside. If we're not going to touch on it, Miami based, obviously Paul Dalglish leaving his role as Miami FC coach, Anthony Pulis, assistant manager Phil Neville, um, has been linked with the, the job among some others and the Paul Daglish potentially may go to MLS managing MLS played in Houston um, knows the American scene well so yeah a little bit of movement in the Miami coaching circles which Frank I'm sure you're, you're very interested in <laughs> well Dan you didn't even give me credit for for you know reporting that Paul Daglish is in sights of, of an MLS team oh, Ho- Jose Jose anything you want to add to, to the to this question with regards to why they got rid of Acosta I mean I, I just pretty much 
I think I gave a thorough answer with regards to Iguain and Pizarro still being on the books. You know, we probably expect at least one of them to move, but obviously that still has to be figured out. But anything you want to add to, to this question? Well, no, just, you know, uh, the fact that George Acosta um, is, 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 is not with the team, I think that's, that's something that, um, you know, caught. I don't. I don't want to. I don't. Want, I don't know if it's but by surprise because remember that George had um, an injury early on last year. I don't know he was he was obviously able to recover, but you know I don't know to what extent that did uh, affect him in trying to impress the coaching staff. But you know it's decisions. You know coaching staff they are they see this this players every single day and and they, they know uh, exactly what's going on. We we barely got a chance to see George Acosta. And so, you know, uh, it's it's a matter of a young player struggling early on, and, and we'll see how he's able to move forward. Two more questions, and the next one comes from South Paradise, and he says, I noticed Matias Pellegrini was not mentioned in the official roster under players with guaranteed contracts. Is that an oversight? I thought he was technically still under contract next year. Very good question. I had the same question myself when I saw the roster. Jose, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think the situation with Pellegrini was pretty clear once um, once he was not with the team because um, early on Phil acknowledged the fact that he was not coming back. So uh, at that point, you know, um, right? But but he should still be he should still be listed under the players with guaranteed contracts officially because he's he right. hasn't been sold. He's he's on a loan through the summer. Now whether he comes back or not, that doesn't, you know, officially he still should be on the books. But that and so I think obviously I think we have to do some reporting on this one because I don't think it's an oversight. I think it's just a matter of there's something there, some formality, some MLS rule that is probably complex and that that we don't know about or that uh you know, might not be that much public knowledge because he should have been listed from from my understanding. He should be listed based on him having a guaranteed deal in, in MLS. But anyway. Yeah, I think it's it, it's a formality. You know, um, the, the bottom line is that he's not coming back. He's not coming back. And, um, you know, at some point I was thinking during the season that, you know, whether the right decision was made with him, although, um, you know, I, I don't think there was a, um, plenty of options. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's just a formality, maybe. You know, obviously, we're, we're looking to it, but um, I, I think the situation with Pellegrini was pretty clear. It is not from the release standpoint, maybe, because he was not listed, but the situation is he's not coming back. Yeah, well, I, I think we should look into it. I think we should look into why, because Jairo Quinteros, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, was on the roster, right? He's He's named as a player that's officially on the roster, but Pellegrini is not despite only being on loan. So I, I think there is some digging that we have to do into that. I think that that might be interesting. We might turn up something pretty, pretty interesting. Steve, anything oh, you want to add there? No, that just gives me horrible flashbacks. I just don't want to go back to that time. We've got to move forward, man. Pellegrini, they, uh, no, it's giving me the chills. But he's still he's still on loan, right? So when if if they don't sell him, unless they have something worked out with this, Estudiantes de la Plata, they already have an agreement that, okay, after the loan... He's yours, uh, you know, for a price, or he's yours for free, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't. Again, that's why I said we we should look we into will, it. We will. Uh, we will look into if, it. We'll post some... it on um, on the, on our Twitter page. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, because if in in the summer the loan expires, in theory he's then officially an Inter Miami player again, and then he'd be back on the books again. Sure. So, if if Inter Miami has three DPS and he's 
back on the books, he'd be a fourth DP. They they break the rules and then they're in trouble again. So uh, you know, we, we we do need to we do need to do some digging there. No, no way, breaking the rules with six <laughs> DPs at one point. No, no, no. <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't think it'll get to the point where where he comes back as a fourth DP. I don't think it's going to happen. But again, in theory, it could. So they have to figure out a long term solution for him if they haven't. If they haven't already. If they have, they haven't told us publicly anyway. Last question, Don Cafecito. And this is a fun one for you guys. So I'll, I'll start with Steve, and his question is the second question of the week for him. Bonus Papa Young question: What are your favorite pizza toppings, Steve? Um, boring. Really, probably like mushroom and mushrooms and onions okay vegetable guy all right jose what about what about you um well i like cuban pizza by the way have you guys tried cuban pizza i don't know what cuban pizza is yeah it's good you should try no i don't know what it is what is it plenty of cheese just more cheese extra layers of cheese that's about cuban cheese Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I do so, like cheese, so that sounds interesting. You know, I'm I'm not very complicated when it comes to pizza. Um, I'll, I'll take ham, and um, yeah, that's about it. Very simple. Growing up in in Honduras, that's that's what we always order, and that's what it is for me. Ham. Oh, you you guys are not exciting with your toppings. I like mushrooms. I like some pineapple. I like Hawaiian. I know people have the the argument is is does pineapple belong on pizza? I don't know what your stances are on that, but I absolutely think it it does and it can be on pizza. I do like a good Hawaiian with the pineapple and the ham. But I can also eat a supreme. I can also I like a, a basic regular cheese. So you know I, I I'm I'm diverse. I don't really like chicken on the pizza. I mean I can eat it, but I don't really I'm not a huge fan of chicken on pizza. Uh, again, I, I, if you have it, I'll be more than happy to eat it, but just not not the biggest uh, chicken on pizza type of type of guy. Do like Italian sauce. Again, I'm I'm not that picky when it comes to pizza. I I, I will eat almost any topping. No anchovies though. Absolutely no anchovies and no black olives. That that those are deal breakers for me. No anchovies and no black olives. That's but that's just me. What's wrong with black olives? Just just not don't like them. Just don't like I them. I love they black don't. olives. I mean. Your daughter in the background is also uh, also a big fan of black olives. You, you've trained you've trained her well in the yeah. in the Brenner household. It's all uniform. Okay, well that does it for the Q and A session. Let's give our final thoughts. I do think we'll be back for one more pod before I head off to Europe for a bit of a break. We'll do that next week just to kind of recap, not recap, but just to give our our overall summaries of each player that that performed for Inter Miami this year. I think we can have a little bit of fun with that and, and just do it in a, in a much more light-hearted way but anyway final thoughts steve you're up first it might be on pizza again no um you know interesting just to speak with chris henderson and just see what you know what the official line is coming out but um yeah they're working on players bringing them in bringing them out it's uh it's, it'd be interesting to see how it all pans out because like i say they've got every option open so you can you know you can trade and negotiate and whatever but um, it's just whether or not they can work it out to their advantage with all the sanctions going on. Jose, you're up now. Uh, and Steve Steve did just touch on something interesting. But go ahead, Jose. What is, you, what is your, your final thought? Well, my final thought is on, 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 the, on the homework that I'm going to leave for um, all the listeners. Try to understand what's going on with the team. You know, it's a little bit tricky. We'll try to guide you and help you. But there's a lot to learn when it comes to MLS and in the off season. So some of the moves, there's no way to go around them. You just have to go through. And um, at this point, you know, this is the time where 
you know, maybe the excitement is not there around the team, but um, be patient and uh, we'll try to guide you. Of course, everything will be fine. This is just another MLS season. This is Inter-Miami. We'll be here for a long time. But, you know, it is what it is. The situation from the first year, it's going to be affecting this team not only this year, but maybe the following. And you just have to deal with it. At the end of the day, Inter-Miami is responsible for the sanctions. They, 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 they didn't follow the rules. And, you know, this is for the good of the league. And... Um, Hopefully, they're able to move past this quickly enough and you guys, you guys get to enjoy um, good soccer, winning team, a winning team, and have something to celebrate other than, you know, saying goodbye to MLS legends like Fede, which, again, props for a great um, send-off. And, yeah, those are my thoughts. And, and we'll be back next week. This, this is Chris Henderson's time to shine. Just to, to touch on both of your final thoughts. This is Chris Henderson's time to show that he is why he's one of the highly regarded MLS executives because now it's his job to to try to maneuver through the sanctions and try to fit it all together and make it all work. This is where, you know, Phil Neville has to get the players to perform on the field in the games and in practice. This is Chris Henderson's job now to maximize and try to really improve this squad. Because something else we didn't touch on was that he said he and Phil Neville don't feel like this roster has enough of their fingerprints on it, and they want to get more of their fingerprints on it, and they think that they will be able to do so uh, starting with this upcoming transfer window. My final thought has nothing to do with this Miami. My final thought is on World Cup qualifying in South America. Arria Peru. Peru just won back-to-back games, six points in this November window. They are in fifth place, which is the playoff spot in South America. They are in the fight after looking like they might not be be there. It's going to be a tough race to the finish. There's four games left. They will be played in January and March, and those will make or break Peru's hopes. I really hope that they can get back there. Obviously, I'm of Peruvian descent. I have my Peruvian passport, so hopefully they can do it. It's It's been fun to watch them bounce back in and bring back some joy in life. Peru's in the hunt. Peru's in the fight. Hopefully they can they can seal it with another trip to another World Cup. But we'll leave it there. And again, we will be back next week just to do one final pod for before the year wraps up because I'll be in Europe for a good bit. So don't think we'll be doing a pod for probably about a month or so. But we will be back next week. So for Jose Armando, for Steve and Alexa Brenner, I am Franco Panizo. This is Miami Total Football Radio. And we will talk to you guys again next week.